0: Another week, another day, another dollar. Welcome to TK's A-Brigade. I am your host, TK. Today, I have a returning guest on with me, Mr. Zeke Cortez. Recently, Zeke and I went golfing with a mutual friend, Mr. Harrison Rain Rule. My man Rain and his wife, Jessica, recently added a new addition to their family, so congrats to them. Zeke and I dove on today. There's a little bit of tragedy in the family, unfortunately, so we talked a little bit about that, as well as... Uh, current culture. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. Tune in now here on TK's A Brigade. All right man, we're back at it, bro. Good morning. It's Tuesday, September 12th, 2023, man. How you doing this morning, Zeke?
1: I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm a little bit um under under the weather, if you will. Uh my one of my buddies Passed away last um, night, um, or I get early this morning, Chris Taylor. Um, so, you, I'm not, I think you knew him, but he was one of uh, Rain and I's good buddies. Um, and he passed away last night, man. He had a cardiac event um, last sad, week. So, sad.
0: maybe, you know, I, I met a lot of you guys, you know, in high school, um, whether it was at Rain's house or just coming to games and seeing you guys play. So, it's very possible that I I met him, so I, I mean the guys I do remember like you and and uh, Shinky and um and Brian. Yeah. But mm-hmm. so it's it's possible. So that's sad to hear, man. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, you know, losing a friend, especially somebody who's close, is difficult, man, for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, but um, I mean he's 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 he was an angel, man. So he's up in heaven right now. I have 100% confidence in that. He was always such a, a, sweet guy and a and a good man, you know. And so, um, I'm very confident that he's in a good place now. So, well,
0: that's good to hear, man. Speaking of um, memorials, man, uh, the 20 what is it 20th anniversary, 22nd anniversary, 21st anniversary? Sorry, of uh, 9/11 was yesterday. Yeah. Where, do you remember where you were um, that morning?
1: Um, yeah, I was at uh, Bill Reed Middle School, and I just walked out of, I think it was Mrs., um, Mrs. Frawley's class, and I was going to the restroom or something, and one of my buddies um, was running down the hall and just said, um, you know, they they just hit the Twin Towers or, or something of the like, and I was like huh what and he was he was frantic and i was just like what is what do you what do you mean and then everything after that they were like all right everybody needs to go home um come pick your kids up and from that point forward i I was just in so much like i didn't know what was going on um but it was weird It it was a weird time in history
0: indeed indeed i was uh i was in fort collins living um with some roommates and I had my, uh, what do you call it, the, 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 not the talk radio, it was talk radio, but the, um, my alarm clock was set to, you know, go turn on at a specific time every morning. And I remember laying there in bed, and I remember that it kicked on, and I had it on the Fox radio, and Lewis and Florax were on the radio. And Lewis was like, uh, there's been a terrorist attack in, in New York, and, and I'm like, what? And I'm kind of like thinking I'm dreaming, and I remember getting up, turning the radio up and he repeated himself and you know it was kind of like that dead air time where they were like kind of in awe like what's going on and then they repeated it and as I was sitting there um he said reports are in you know a second plane hit the second tower and I'm like what is going on is this like a parody what's are we being attacked by who we're we being attacked by you know so um it's crazy because you're a little you're a little <laughs> bit younger than I am um So you don't remember, because what were you born in, uh, 80, 87? 88. 88, Yeah, man. so, oh, man, to take it back a little bit, in January of 1986, um, they launched the the Challenger um, space shuttle Ah. to space. And they Mm -hmm. put a teacher on there. Her name was Krista McCullough. And I'll never forget this. I was in first grade. And uh, they sent... The challenger to space and on the way up it blew up in the middle like just in the air and I remember I was walking to the bathroom at that time and the radio ironically was on in my principal's office and I was standing there getting ready to take a drink off the drinking fountain and it was like the challenger has exploded You know, and this is 86 radio, so it's like AM still, right? I mean, they had FM then, but this is AM radio, so it's that crackly, like, 1969. We landed on the moon kind of thing. But I remember standing there going, what just happened? And so, you know, fast forward, here we are, you know, 30, what, 30 years, almost 40 years later. Mm -hmm. You know, and so they had the memorial yesterday, and ironically... uh, you know, a lot of people believe that that was a conspiracy to, um, you know, invade Iraq and Saudi Arabia. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any thoughts on?
1: Oh, you know what, dude? I I've watched a couple things about it, and I don't know that. I, I don't know that I'm convinced yet. I know that there's some some shoddy things, like the plane and the side of the Pentagon. The wingspan was like much bigger than the hole. Or something and there were some things that were like that should have been melted in the twin towers but maybe they didn't i I, I don't know something with the fuel but um i'm trying to remember back on everything that kind of like triggered an an alarm in my head that was like this is weird but i mean generally man i just don't trust the the federal government (laughs) um At the end of the day, like, conspiracy or not, I mean, I I know that uh, Dick Cheney was, um, yeah, I think he was the VP of Halliburton at the time, and there's a lot of oil over there, and Dick Cheney, um, you know, he had, apparently he wanted it, or maybe he just said, oh, okay, well, maybe we'll, we'll go to war and then I'll get all my oil or what I need, and so there's just a lot of that that happens in the United States government because we're so powerful, man. We yeah. have, you know, 800 military bases around the world and we're ready for conflict anywhere. And um a lot of countries aren't ready for that and even though there's resilience within countries, you know, and they're they they have a strong tactic for like guerrilla warfare, um the United States is just um, you know, it's just like a cloud over your head and and I <sighs> I don't like being the world police, man. That's for sure.
0: Well, let me give you some facts about um, our government at the time. And you may or may not know this. So if you're listening to this, um, you can always fact check me and Anything that I might say that um, is wrong or whatever, I am open to, uh, you know, correction. But I know this for a fact. So Bush Sr., who was our president from, I believe, 1992 to 1996, before he became president, he was the director of the CIA. He was, a, he was a director for 30 years. And when when China wanted to invade Russia in the late 80s, early 90s, um, they wanted to do it through Iraq and Saudi Arabia. They wanted to, they wanted to use that that path to go and invade Russia. And so the bin Laden family, um, who was in charge of the military in that area, um, somehow, um, I don't have 100% understanding on that, but somehow the Bushes and the Bin Ladens became very close friends. And our government actually um, funded and trained Bin Laden's troops to protect the land from China invading Russia. And so we became very, very close allies as far as the Bush family uh, and the Bin Laden family Um in that in that time and you know so we fast forward you know bush takes us to war and we go over to iraq and you know the iraqi i you know that saudi arabia that what was it um what was that war called in the in 90s i forget there was a name for it, like desert storm there we go there was you remember desert storm i know you were younger like you probably don't like what elementary school
1: yeah, no, I don't. I I don't really. I was kind of out of out of touch with that. Kind yeah,
0: of stuff so we, we uh, our country took us to war over to Iraq, and, and so you know fast forward now we've got this terrorist attack, and the culprit is Osama bin Laden, and so not to dive too deep down the rabbit hole, but I will say this: when you look at the facts and you look at the um, the underlying overall outcome. My personal belief is it was an artificial crisis designed to unite us as people to give our government the go-ahead to go after those people that, you know, those terrorists that came and, you know, dared tread on us. And I say that, I don't say that lightly because... I have a lot of former marines that are friends. My brother is a, a navy man. Like I absolutely respect the military. I absolutely respect law enforcement that is legit that protects us because we have we do have a sense of freedom in this country that people take for granted. And you know, I believe that that, that situation was basically an opportunity for us to go over there and install a government to dictate to them how much we were going to pay for barrels of oil. Like you said, Dick Cheney was the vice president of Halliburton. Well, the Bush family is, I mean, they're, they're part of the Rothschilds. You know, they come out of, they come out of they're British, they come out of that, that lineage. So they're part of the world government or the World Bank. Uh, you know, the DuPonts, the, the Rothschilds, um, the, the Rockefellers, all the elites, right? We can, we can label them in different secret societies. But the reality is is that we as a country went over there because they claimed that there was weapons of mass destruction. And when it all, when it all filtered out, man, what it boiled down to was we went over there and installed a government to, to dictate to them how much we were going to pay for oil. And, and that's the I mean that's you can you know and 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 I'm not like saying that to challenge you I'm just saying people you know people don't want to believe truth when it's in their face I think you know like you, you someone tells you truth and like no that's not truth that's you know that's propagated you know hogwash that you watch in a movie it's like don't you realize that Hollywood makes movies so that they can jade you as a society and as a culture so that the when the reality of what's in those movies actually happens, people go, oh, that's not real. That's Hollywood.
1: Yep, yeah. yeah, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm with that for sure. I understand that. And I, I just think that there's, um, you know, when you get into to be that powerful, I don't know that, you know, unless you go along with whatever narrative is happening and there's other powerful leaders and you have these. Just massive egos, dude, and nobody wants to give any space to anybody oh, else. And um, you know, and then that's where war happens. And then you know, you you your lineage basically is you want to pass on your legacy and you want to stay in power. And the Rothschilds, and and you know, obviously they're just they're very old family, know, yeah. And um, you know, their whole entire lineage, like their legacy is. And I say this lightly, but probably to stay in power forever. Oh, yeah. And just run the world. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The, you know, the JP Morgans yep. of the world. Um, and they all have access to these funds. And you can see how they can steer culture. Oh, oh so absolutely. We, we can start getting into, you know, uh, DEI and ESG and and, you know, how you're not going to get any funds unless you have a certain amount of marketing in your in your company that is um, diverse and equitable and inclusive to everybody um, so yeah man I think there's it, it's all just tie interlaced I agree
0: and it's interesting you put it in that perspective because you know there's a term that was coined back in the day the boys club and so it's this rich white male mentality as far as like the, the world's run by rich white males, and it's like, do you realize that some of the, the most wealthiest people in this planet are are not white? Like you go to the Arab countries, like the princes and the and the, the salt the sultans of uh, Saudi Arabia and Iraq and all those guys are worth trillions of dollars, trillions, mm-hmm. because they have they they have un there's no uh, cap to their wealth, right? And they're not white; they're Middle Eastern. You know, you go, to, you, you go yep. over to the Asian countries and you find these these multi-billionaires. And what's interesting is that you don't hear it talked about in the media, you know, obviously because these guys want to be private. They don't want people knowing they're worth this much money. And yet the, the fact that you're still a human being who deals with, you know, the daily things of human beings, right? Like, what mm-hmm. are you going to do with all that wealth? You know, like you can't buy a planet, right i mean you hear these things and like there's this talk it just kind of segue a little bit there is this talk about you know uh Elon Musk wanting to send people to Mars to live on Mars it's like who wants to go to Mars and live on Mars dude like the the atmosphere is like what 250 degrees like like fahrenheit like it's boiling bro yeah. like why would you want to go live like go build a, a shelter where you know that you go outside and and you know you're basically a filet mignon (laughs) you know what I mean like why would you want to do that Mm -hmm. I don't get that man you know and it's funny because I think when when people get to the wealth level right because you know you and I you know I don't I know I know from experience that I'm probably never going to experience what it's like to be you know even a millionaire I, I I don't know that I won't but I don't think that I will but even in that regard like I were to come into, if I were to win the lottery, right, and I were to come into, you know, a half a billion dollars. But I would hope that money would change me in a way that I'm like, I'm at the grocery store and I see, you know, a family, you know, putting things back and just going back to my childhood, remembering when we're standing there in the grocery line and, you know, the bill's like $12 and my mom has $10 in the checking account and she writes a bounce check. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I, I, you know and it, it wouldn't be for the pat on the back or the attaboy, Trav. Yeah. trap no it it'd be like you know what you're 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 three months behind on your rent you're three months behind on your electric bill here's you know here's 10 grand go pay your bills right and and well, who are you don't matter who i am and i, I wish more yeah. people would do that you know
1: yeah they're um you know i don't there's this this cool story about Mark Cuban that paid for these people's wedding and um, they you know it was like a $50,000 wedding or oh, something wow. that he paid for them like he he got everything for them but um, and they went and like posted it on their social media and he got upset with them and it was because he didn't do it for the social media clout he's like i wanted to help you guys right. and i didn't want I, I didn't want it to make it to social media And I think that money, um, I don't know that it changes you. I think that it exposes you and who you really are inside. You know, if you get a lot of money, um, you know, are you internally kind of a a cocky person? Are you a good person like through and through? Um, I mean, for me, man, I think one of the curses that I have is that I think I give too much away. I think I give more than I take right now. And that's hard when you're a business owner because you kind of want to help everybody. And sometimes you just need to like cut clean and just say no. But that's really hard to do when you have a heart and when you have a history of of have not. You know, have not gotten the nice clothes, have not gone on the vacation, have not had um, the ability to play or do whatever you want to do, you know, as a kid because of money, um, you know, and you're always taking hand-me-downs from your, your siblings for clothes and people make fun of you for it because your clothes are too big for a long time. And then by the time you grow into them, they're like ripped and shredded. But I think that money really exposes who you are inside. I like you look at kind of of Conor McGregor, look at him now. Yeah.
0: I don't know much about it, but I mean, I, I've you know, I've seen him in the, I've seen him in the spotlight as far as the MMA fighter and, and those types of things. So I don't know his backstory. Is does he come from like poverty? Is that his kind of his backstory?
1: Yeah, I mean, he was definitely on, um, he was on like some type of you know Irish social security or something like that. And dude, he, when he started fighting, he racked up a lot of money, and. Now, I just got done watching that tough season with him and Michael Chandler in it. And, dude, he's a completely different person. He, like, barely shows up for their practices. Um, you know, he he's not training with them intricately like the other coach is. And the other coach obviously won. They blew him away. But he just was not the... Um, I don't know. I, I figured he had, had he would have a little bit more integrity, and I don't know who he is and what he's given away or whatnot. But it just seemed like like money changes people to expose who you really are inside. Right.
0: That's well. uh. It's interesting too that you say it like that because um. I, I have to I have to say this. We recently, you and I went golfing with uh, my man Rain Man and my son. Um, by the way, that was awesome.
1: Yeah, man, I have I fun. I do
0: too. And I got to say this, man, you you really, um, you said something to me on the golf course that I, I just want to give you some major props for, because uh, I typically don't get angry um, on the golf course. I mean, I definitely get road rage. Um, you know, if I burn my my stake, I get pretty upset. But when it comes to golf, I am <laughs> I, pretty level-headed. However, um, for those that don't know, I recently, I shouldn't say recently, it's been a couple of years now, but... Um, I got injured back in 2014 doing security for the band Fish. Um, I went through two years of therapy, um, multiple um, doctors, and I ended up having to have surgery. Um, this, the injury was so severe that they actually removed a rib out of my the top by my clavicle. They had to remove the rib because the nerves were damaged. And in this process, I damaged what's called the ulnar nerve in the elbow, which causes... Um, the uh, the sensation in your pinky and your ring finger. That's how you you operate those two fingers on your hand. And so I damaged those nerves in 2014. Well, in 2021, um, and I won't go into how, but I I ended up damaging what's called the C7 in your neck, um, and it damaged the uh, the nerve endings, which caused. They say weakness, but the best way to describe it is like a partial paralysis in my hand, where I wasn't able to use my right hand or my my tricep. I had no strength in it. So I spent another year and a half um, going to neurosurgeons and having different you know tests done. I had an MRI done, and they concluded that I had damaged permanently the nerves in my neck, which caused my hand to almost shrivel. Like it it, it doesn't open all the way now. And mm-hmm. so, because of that, I stopped playing golf because I couldn't grip the the golf club, and oh, it was yeah. very, very frustrating because of all the sports that I've played in my life, and I've played all of them except for well, I shouldn't say I, I didn't play water polo, but, <laughs> I, um, but uh. golf is one of my like serene sports, and so when I was not able to play it, it it really just put a, a dark cloud over me, and so we went golfing last week, you and I, Rain, and my son Eli, and. Um, you know my frustration on not being able to swing the club properly and just really bad shots it really uh, it really upset me and you you made a comment and it was so it was so calm the way that you said it but you said you know it's interesting to see how people respond to adversity and it, it literally made me pause Zeke on the golf course right there because I've always, again, and I you know, not to blow smoke, not to sound like a fanboy, but I've always admired you, man, because of your your panache of who you are, the way that you carry yourself. You're very, um, you know you're you're very confident and, and not in a cocky way, but just confident in who you are, you know, God's given you the ability to to do what you do. So I've always admired you for that. And Rain man too, obviously, you know, but but for you in this moment, when you said that, it made me like like, how how does Zeke view me, right? And and, in saying that, and and I didn't take it like you were necessarily saying it in a negative way to me. You just, the way that you said it, and I don't know, I'm just, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just giving, you know, my perspective, but it made me pause because the wisdom behind that statement, Zeke, was Mm -hmm. profound, bro. And I just wanna, the reason I'm bringing it up now is because I want people to understand that, you know, even people that are wise and older than the younger people around them, the younger people can still give them wisdom and that wisdom when it's received properly can really affect, Mm -hmm. hopefully affect in a positive way. And so I just want to say, man, that uh, that sat with me and it, it still sits with me as we speak today because I really was like, you're right. How, how can I, how can I present myself in a way that when I have adversity, when I have struggles, when I have things that I'm dealing with, how can I present myself in a way that the people around me go, okay, he feeled that situation, he took that struggle, you know, i.e. The, you know, my arm and my neck, and he found the positive in it. And that's, that's what I took from that statement. So I just want to say, man, I, I, with all due respect, man, I appreciate that because that was truly profound and wise, man, so
1: yeah i think that the the you know i live a life in hot water (laughs) i like that and it's you know or 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 i guess cold water for that matter it's very very uncomfortable and it's very uncomfortable for long periods of time and things have to be precise and it's always you know it's a life under pressure to the point where there's always a timeline and you have to have things done by that certain timeline and it creates pressure because there's also other circumstances that come into play and I'm always playing this game of of touch and go. And the worst thing that can happen is if I respond to adversity negatively, it just spirals down. And so there's just a level of calmness and a level of trust in in God and mm. faith um, to overcome some of the things that have happened. And dude, I mean, like supernatural eats from where it's come from and to where it is now, and and the progress. It's like it's like planting a, a bamboo tree. It just stays in the ground until one day it sprouts, and it's five years later. And um, for me, man, you know, it's it, it's basically a quote from Martin Luther King jr that says something of the like of you know uh the ultimate measure of a man's character is not how he responds in times of ease but times of of adversity and that sticks with me just like how what i said to you sticks with you it's just who are you when nothing's going right when you're down in the ditches when you don't have any money when um when you have to rely solely and nothing else on your grit and your fortitude and your mental toughness to keep going, when everything else is failing, yeah. that's yeah. you know who who are you in those? It's like being at the bottom of the, the barrel, yeah. man. That's um,
0: that's intense, bro. I and I love that because you know I think that's how you know the Bible says that we sharpen each other, iron sharpens iron, and mm-hmm. um, I really feel that you know, having a wisdom, whether you're, you know, 25 or whether you're 90, you know, having wisdom and and taking that morsel from somebody like that, that nugget, you just, and the, the reason I bring it up and we can move on from this after I say this, but the reason I bring it up too, is because you didn't say it in a way that was like, you weren't, uh, it wasn't in a condemn, like a condemnation. It wasn't condemning. It was simply like, Hey Trav, you ever thought about this kind of way? Hey Trav, you ever you, you kind of like hey, how do you deal with adversity? How do you deal with struggles? Like, do you get angry and short tempered and and you know and lose your composure, or do you face that adversity and say, Father, I can't do this alone. I can't do this by myself. So mm-hmm. I just again, not to not to fanboy out. I just I, I had to say that because like I said, it, it stuck with me and 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 I I I really admire that so um but yeah man we uh we did get to play some golf and for the most intents and purposes man that was awesome like um yeah I've, i again i've i've gotten to play a few times this year man and and uh honestly i didn't even know that you were a golfer zeke i didn't realize that you liked the, the game man i i'm really uh i'm impressed that you know you're a multi-talented dude man you're a chef. Right, you, I mean, you've got a family, bro. You're growing a family. Like, you're a movie star, right? Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> dude, I I love golf. Golf is um, it's very peaceful to do. And yeah. if you just, um, you know, if you go out there with the intention to, hey, I just want to play today and escape everything else. It's kind of like there's this guy that I follow. His name is Cam Haynes, and he talks about um, archery. And archery oh, yeah. hunting and what I really love is the hundred percent focus and that it takes to hit a golf ball like if you're if you step up on your golf ball and you're thinking about you know how you and your your wife are fighting <laughs> yeah. or how you don't have money in the bank account or um, you know anything else other than hitting that golf ball down the field you are going to with it and you're just going to go down the rabbit hole of of being frustrated yeah. and it's just like archery like you have to be 100% focused on whatever you're doing and no other thoughts in your mind and and I really love having to get into that headspace where you just all of your focus all of your energy is just staring straight down at the golf ball and then when you hit it clean it's oh. it's it feels oh, so man. good. I don't even know why it's just, it's a weird feeling. Yeah, and right? Dude,
0: It's so funny that you say it like that. It, basically what you're saying from what I'm gathering is that you have to completely clear your mind of anything. It doesn't have to even be like, whether it's negative or positive, you just have to clear your mind and focus on the golf ball. And when you do that yeah. and you're like, you said you strike it and you see it go the direction you want it to go and the distance. And you're like, Oh man, that was, that was serene. That was, Oh man. I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. We went. Uh, my son's birthday was on Sat or Sunday, so we went to Top Golf. Have you ever gotten to chance to go to Top Golf?
1: I have. I love yes. that
0: place. Well, we have a, a we have a family friend who uh, has a seasonal or a, like a elite pass that gets you get to play for free on certain days, um, and so they mm-hmm. blessed us with that for the birthday. And so you know my whole family like I didn't grow up playing golf my all my uncles you know here in Colorado play golf and played golf and my grandfather and stuff but I never really played it because I, I thought it was a rich man's sport and so you know I, I wanted to be the rebel and, and say well I'm you know I'm, I come from the poor side of the track so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna engage in that however, when I got older I realized nah it's any man's sport you just gotta have you gotta be decent to play it at least what you know not getting frustrated so my um my five-year-old steps up to the uh the tee and she's like yeah i'm gonna hit it and i said okay well you know get a club and which one should i get and i'm like well, whatever one works for you so she goes in there and grabs like an eight iron you know and she doesn't know i have no clue but she, her her form and her stance and the way she held you know she choked up on the club like nobody told her how to do that and she was chipping probably you know 25 yards And it was awesome because, you know, to her, that was the, you know, that was like hitting a 400 yard drive, you know? Yeah. And then my son, whose birthday it was, you know, he gets his fairway wood out there and, you know, he's, he's asking me, you know, you know, do I do this? Do I do that? How do I, you know, how do I hold my head? And so I was giving him some pointers and man, he's knocking 7,500 yard drives off the tee. And the That's yeah, awful. the elation that they give like when you see kids getting affirmed by their parents which I think has been lost on this generation because parents are too focused on other things but mm-hmm. the affirmation and that that positive reinforcement like good job you know like his face is beaming so then he wants to tee up and do it again so then he tees up and he shanks it right <laughs> you know what I mean and almost hits the girl next to us and he's like oh you know I was like just do it again just do it again you know, so he does it again and again, and and then my big son gets up there, Eli, and uh, you know he he has a couple of uh, corrections on his stance, dude. He was knocking it to the back, you know, to the back net. So what is it, like one seventy, mm-hmm. I think, and, and he's literally yeah. the child. You saw how big he is. He's six six six, bro, two forty. He's jumping up and down yeah. like he's like my five year old. So it was it was a good yeah. day, man. It was yeah. a good day.
1: Yeah, man, it definitely feels good when you hit a a golf ball clean because it's really, it's so hard. Yeah.
0: Oh, man. It's so people, people don't realize how difficult. It really is, man, like I mean, once you get it down, you know you can decently hit it, and then all the aspects of the game come into play as far as you know the type of club you use and the type of grass it lands in, whether it's in sand, you know all those things, all those variables, but yeah, man, once you hit it clean and and it it just feels good and it makes you want to do it again and again, man, so for sure, right, so have you wa- did you watch any football this weekend since it's uh the inaugural weekend for uh the national, uh, fake league.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did not. I watched a little bit of the, the Denver Raider game and we lost. And I'm just like, uh, just, just watching football. It, I kind of got out of it in 2015 when I started supernatural elites, because on Saturdays and Sundays I was always working. Right. So Friday when I got off work, um, I'd go shopping. Saturday I would do all the cooking and I'm telling you dude like I would cook from what seven or eight a.m. until like six wow, at man, night all day um, wow. yeah and then Sunday was um the rest of the cooking and then I would do all the labels and the labels would have everybody's name and this all kind of came to fruition because I would like I did deliveries first, and then I would run out of meals, and I'm like, why did I run out of meals? And not, like, I just didn't remember every single person's order, and so I started writing it down, and got an order sheet, and then did labels so that everybody had the food that was going to them, and um, doing labels, dude, going on, and like, you know, buying a label printer and then changing the label and then printing it. It takes a it takes a long time when you get into like 30 or 40 customers and they all have different labels. It takes a while. So so then I would oh, miss yeah. so much time starting in probably 2017, I missed a lot of of Broncos games and then, you know, going into 2020, 2021, pandemic hits and then all of a sudden we have people kneeling and then I'm like, what's this? What are we doing? And then we have people that are, yep. n- you know, now everything is, it's on the back of their helmets and, and, you know, choose love and all this stuff. And I don't know, man, I'm just a little bit turned off by that. When I want to watch sports, I want to watch sports. It's just like my business. Like when somebody goes to search for Supernatural Eats, I don't have anything on my front page of my website that says, hey. Um, we are a faith-based organization, and we only want people that are faith-based to buy from us. Like it just, I don't do that because the business. Even though I'm a right. faith-based person, I still want to help you, even if you're not faith-based. And I, right, I just think right. that the NFL is doing is not doing themselves any good by trying to inject politics and and, um, like social politics into their platform.
0: I, I would agree. And, you know, to, to just speak on that real quick, as we are about out of time, uh, you know, you, when you say, you know, pointing out that you're a faith based person, however, that doesn't mean that you have to pigeonhole who you target as far as a customer or client based on their religious stand because you still want to provide a service for people. And what's cool about that too, is that I think by not kind of pigeonholing yourself, what it does is it allows you to be Zeke. You go out and you meet a a new client, a new customer, you know, a new business and you start to partner with them and you find out through conversation, maybe these people, maybe this person is, is not a believer and but they're open to hearing, you know, where you stand, right? So you, you don't have to kind of shove it in their face. You present that to them like sweet, you know, like a sweet aroma. And then they have an opportunity to say, Hey Zeke, you know, tell me more about this, you know, can you give me some more insight on that? And I think that that opportunity allows you to then open up and be who you are in that in that facet because if you're going to try to sell food based on your on your religious belief, then I mean, okay, I, I absolutely support that. Whoever wants to do that. However, I do believe and I do agree with you that, you know, putting it out there to where it it people that see it that are not faith based or not follow that mindset, that might initially turn them off to even engage you before they even before you have it a chance to to have that interaction. So. I'm with you on that, man. I I think it's important to really, you know, be transparent, but also be who you are in the regard that you have an opportunity to be a light to shine in in dark areas. And so you get somebody who's not walking the same path. However, you get to speak into them and food. Let's be honest, bro. Like who doesn't like a good meal, man, especially when it's made well. Right. And you get to break bread with somebody that, Again, might not walk the same path. However, after breaking bread with them or sharing with them, you know, your ability in cooking and then it opens that door and it allows you to, to plant that seed. So I like that, man. And, I, and I, I'm with you on the on the sports. The purity of sports is why and the only reason why I still watch the NFL and, and you know, but as far as the political garbage that they're, you know, the kneeling, it's like if you want to kneel, fine. Neil, but don't don't publicize it as something that we have to take on as a as a standard now, because that's what you want to do. If you want to do that, fine, do it, man. I, I that's what we have freedoms for. But when you when you make it where it's like demanding that we do it, you know that to me, no, I have no. Yeah, time for that. I, I agree, no man.
1: That, so. I, I I wish it wouldn't be like that. And you know, as as God fearing men, both of us, I accept the people that come forward and, you know, if they're, if they're not like me, that doesn't mean that I hate them by any means, you know? Um, I, Amen. But Amen. at the same Amen. time, I don't want people coming up to me and saying, you are going to be like me um, because I'm not and right. I, I can accept them and they can be in my circle. But once you cross that, that border, then it becomes a a bigger issue with me and I don't I don't necessarily like having that type of relationship with people either where you're kind of like walking on eggshells you know if they accept me for who I am then accept me for who I am you know if you're you're 30 years old and you are who you are and you you know whoever that is and you want to be accepted that way cool let's do it but don't change me don't try to change my kids You know, we all have different beliefs and we're shaped by, you know, experiences and, and God and, and whoever interjects in our life. So I just wish that that would be for everybody.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Well, man, we're getting into the fall, man. And we have, uh, my family and I have, uh, some big things coming up here soon. We got a wedding here this week and, um, you know, with uh, with football season in full effect. You know, my kids in, my, in volleyball, and I've got kids in football, man. So, you know, when you say, you said this last week, you know, talking about just being there for your kids, man, I think that as we continue down this path, man, you know, we realize, I think, at least I do, every day how everything that goes on around, around us can, when we allow it to affect us, although I would say that, we can have a positive effect on the things around us as well. And you know, that's that's kind of going along with what you said about, you know, how do we deal with adversity? And I almost dude, if, if that was a phrase that you, you know, that as if that was a Zeke Cortez phrase, <laughs> I would love to put that on a t-shirt because again, man, I like I said it it's it's saturated my thought process. And it still does. And I again I'm not saying it to fanboy or you know, to over, you know, overthink it. I just, it really made me just sit back and be like, man, Zeke, you just, man, you got some knowledge, bro. And I'm excited, man. I want to come and I want to enjoy some of the, um, some of the meals that you prepare. How do we, uh, how do I do get to do that, man? How, so how you'd have get to go on the, onto the our website,
1: supernaturallyates.com and select, uh, the meals you want. We yeah. have, uh, what's called a signature plan, which is basically a menu that's already done, Um, between myself and a dietitian, we crafted the whole thing. Um, And you can get regular meals or you can get lower carb meals. Um, That's one way to order. You can get 6, 12 or 18 of those meals. Um, So it's a pretty set menu. And then the custom meal plan is another option where you can go in and pick your ingredients. And those meals are for people that have dietary restrictions, people that are really honing in on, on their macros, or they want some some more plain flu- food, um, but the custom meals you get a minimum of six, and you can get a maximum of however many you want. Um, but we deliver basically all the way south to I seventy and I twenty five, and we hug the I twenty five highway um, as far as zip code go. So,
0: okay, okay, okay. Now, you, you don't prepare like you don't have a food truck or anywhere that's like real time where you can come and sit and have the meal prepared and then you eat it then it's basically it's pre- these are pre prepared meals that you can just reheat or just open like, like in yep. a week or a month or something to that effect.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Have you thought about a food truck or is that something that yeah, you have I've been asked like that, that question
1: so many times. and. I'm, and no, not really, man. I don't <laughs> I don't like the idea of the food truck because okay. I have to be so involved and then it uh, somebody that runs a food truck has to be kind of high level. Like you have to have either a supervisor in that food truck or somebody that's like a manager to run it, because there's a lot. I mean, you gotta have somebody that can drive it, you gotta wrap that food truck, you gotta have insurance on it, you gotta have it stocked. You basically prepare all your food and then you gotta transfer it into the food truck. So it's almost like more work to me than what it's worth. Even though it, you know food trucks can make some sure. good money, um, it's just not in the cards for me.
0: Sure. Well, and that and and to be honest, man, that's an absolute valid perspective because, like you said, man, like there's so many variables to it. I was just curious based on like your culinary ability, but I don't blame you because I worked in kitchens for nine years. And just, you know, we had a prep cook who came in in the morning and did all the prep for the evening, you know, dinner rush. And we're talking four or five hours of, of prep for one day. And so, you know, having to prep and having to prepare and then the quality. I mean, there's so many things that, you know, really play a role. So I was just curious, but I'm excited. I and mean, I'm going to go check out the website, yep. supernaturaleats.com, correct? Alright people, so anyone that's interested in some uh, some quality food that can be delivered to your home, uh, meal plans, Those I, I'm diabetic so that might really run up my alley as far as finding a low carb stas because we're looking for some new menu items here in the house. Um, but I'm excited to go check it out, man. I've I've seen it a couple of times, but I've never really delved into it. So I'm I'm excited to do that. So people that are listening, man, go check it out. You know, throw Zeke a like. You know, if, if anyone's interested in knowing more about it, I'm sure um, Zeke would love to uh, to give some people some insight. Is there any kind of like a comment question or anything on the website that people can kind yeah, of? Yeah, there's a frequently you know, ask asked questions, questions
1: section, and if they can't get their questions answered in that okay. FAQ, then they can e- email us. There's a contact form where you just Basically, fill out a contact form or our email there, support at Supernatural Eats. Um, and then we'll just answer the questions as they come in. But there's you definitely can get all of your questions answered prior to ordering.
0: It's awesome. I'm so excited for you, man. So, yeah, go check it out, people. All right, man, we got to get out on the on the course again soon, man. It's uh it's getting to the uh, the colder days, but we definitely have to get out on the links. Let's again, do it. Man, Let's and, do it, Tiny. You again. let
1: me know when and I'm there
0: for sure (laughs) all right man well hey we are out of time but uh again i want to thank my man zeke for coming on again and just uh chopping it up and uh yeah just absolutely man you have a good rest of your week
1: and god bless you
0: yeah man all right we'll see you You too man talk to you soon brother man later well there you have it folks my man zeke cortez another awesome week an awesome time to just chat and uh you know, have a conversation about life and culture. Like I said, you know, it's 912, 2023. We had the memorial for 911 yesterday, so that was interesting to, uh, to see the uh, reaction in our country. So, you've been listening to TK's A Brigade. You can find the podcast on every major platform Anchor, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google, and YouTube. So, go like and subscribe. Please hit that support button really people it's a dollar a month it's not not much it really helps out to continue to to bring good positive content to the platform i'm enjoying doing this i'm going to continue to do this with guys like my man zeke supernatural eats go check it out um i'm telling you i've eaten his food at parties in the past and my man's got skills so give him some love go uh, look at some meal plans see if you can get set up with that until next time take it easy